Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Good morning, Church. Um, it's a, I'd say it's an honour, it really is. Um, it's a scary honour, um, especially after a bit of a dysfunctional morning. It was a, a great to see Elijah be dedicated to the Lord. I mean, my morning started off at three o'clock this morning with somebody blasting the telly at full blast downstairs, and this person isn't even deaf. Um, so my question is, to him when I speak to him later, is why? And then at four o'clock, Joshua had me up in the morning um, with his usual routine of wanting to watch Paddington and asking for breakfast and then not eating it and, you know, the usual stuff. And then as I go out to prepare for my, go over my sermon one more time, I get to Costa, I order my coffee, I give him my toasty and then I look in my pocket and not only have I left my wallet at home, I've left my phone at home. So I have to go all the way back home and I say, you Oh, why, 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 why this morning do you do this to me? But God knows. And maybe it's God's way of, way of just preparing me for this morning. So this morning I'm going to be talking about Elijah in persistent prayer. Now persistent prayer for me, I mean, I'll give you a little bit of an example for me. I've been praying persistently over the past three or four months for more confidence in myself. More confidence in God to use me and show me how he can use me, because uh, I'm a bit of a laid-back person. I'm, I'm not one for stepping up. I'm not one for doing things out of the supernatural. I'm not one just for being in the limelight or anything. But I, I, I knew there was an, an aching in me to, um, to go further, to go deeper with God. So I've been, I've been praying hard and hard into it. And over the past couple of weeks, I've, I've started noticing God has been using me in these ways. Me and Alison took a trip to Liverpool the other week um, for our delayed anniversary, anniversary meal. And we had a lovely meal in Ben, Brazil. And on the way back to the train station, Alison said to me, I'm sure somebody just said, said Jesus Christ up the road, proclaiming his name. I was like, all right, well, we must go and have a look at this. So we walked over and there was, there was a, a fellow with a big speaker and people handing out leaflets, proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ. So I, I inquired, I said, what's this all about? He said, do you, why do you want to come to know Jesus? I said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, I, I already know the Lord. I know the Lord mightily. And he went, well, have you got anything you want to bring? He went, you can have the mic. And I was like, I kind of stepped back a second. Then I thought, what are you stepping back for? What have you been praying for? This is God intervening. This is God showing me. This is where your confidence is. This is where your, my confidence in you is. You have to speak. So I said, you know, yeah, give me the mic. And he said, it's going to be about five minutes. I was like, oh, wow, I've got to wait five more minutes now. You know, my bottle could start going, but it didn't. And as we're walking up to the mic, I just felt the Lord's presence just overwhelm me. I mean, truly overwhelm me. Um, there was no anxiety. There was no shaking of my legs, where usually when I get up to bring a word, my legs shake. And I just took the mic and I proclaimed to Liverpool City Centre, about this, how God saves, about the abundance of love the Lord Jesus Christ brings to his people, about testimony of my life. And as I was bringing testimony about my life, about being an alcoholic, there was an alcoholic sat right in front 
of what I was proclaiming the name. And I was like, wow, God's even placed somebody in front of me who is, who is in the situation I was in. And I, I was just like, well, God, you just know. You know, so after I finished, I got to pray for this man. And do you know what? And then a couple of days prior to going to Liverpool, Dave, um, I'd messaged Dave asking, could I do some anchoring? Um, so I thought I'd like to try my hand at that. And he said, no, no, I've got to preach on the 14th. And I thought, I won't answer him back because I don't really know how to answer back saying, no, I'm all right, thanks, Dave. You know, it's just not for me. And as I sat there, I just, I just felt the presence of Jesus on me. And it's like I turned round and on the couch, Jesus was sat next to me and he just went, yes, you will. Yes, you will. You know, basically, this is what you have been praying for. You know, now is the time to not only step out the boat, but to dive out the boat head first. And, and be set free into the man I want you to be, into the man who proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's kind of my testimony before, before I start. You know, God has really, really took me out of my comfort zone in the past couple of weeks. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm obviously I'm happy about this, and I just want to see where, where else God will take me after this. Who knows? Um, so today um, um, we'll be... Um, reading from the Old Testament, so if you have your Bibles with you, we'll be going from 1 Kings 18, 41 to 46. Um, but before we read um, the Scriptures, I'll give a little bit of context on what, um, what happened before um, I'm going to read. Um, so, it was after King Solomon's reign, the kingdom was divided into north and south. Israel was the north and Judah in the south. Israel had a list of only bad and very bad kings. In the time of Elijah, the prophet King Ahab and his manipulative scheming wife Jezebel were ruling the people. A fun fact, David Parson tells me in his Beast of a Book, I never written that bit, Beast of a Book, unlocking the Bible, that Jezebel actually means garbage in Hebrew. I actually looked it up um, and I couldn't actually find, find that actual saying. But it means a few things, but it doesn't, doesn't come back as garbage. But, you know, unlocking the Bible is a great book. <laughs> King Ahab was, a, was wicked and many of the Israelites were taken in by the gods of Baal and Asherah. But God gave them chance to change numerous times with the warnings from Elijah. And later, I'm sorry, Elijah and later, Elisha. This should have been the priest's job, but they were too close to the establishment. They were too close to provide an objective voice. So God sent prophets and said, God sent famine on the land for three years. No dew or rain fell. This was interesting because this was significant because Baal was the god of storm and rain. Asherah was the god of famine. This would be why the people were confounded, wondering why they had not, what they had done to displease those gods because there was no rain. Elijah had declared that no rain would fall for up to three and a half years, only at his word. That was in Kings 17 at chapter 1. And it says, Now Elijah, the Tishabite from Tishib, I'm no good at reading these words neither, in Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years, except at my word. And you know, and that, that rung true to the people who had fell away from God and who was worshipping the wrong gods. They were wondering why 
are we not getting rain? So as we go into the, um, to the scriptures now, oh hang on, no, I'm not finished yet, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to talk about, obviously we're talking about Elijah. Elijah was a fighter, a preacher, a man who challenged the people as to who the real God of the elements was. He was used by Yahweh to warn the people and he had the job of interceding for the nation. Interceding to bring them back together. Another fun fact, one of the most striking things about Elijah that he had no stated ancestry written in the Bible which was highly unusual because the Jews were always careful to record record these things. I mean, it, it, it's for my first preach to actually preach about probably the most powerful prophet of the Old Testament is something special, but to also preach after the dedication of Elijah, you know, it's it, God is powerful. So I'm going to read from 1 Kings 18, 41 to 46. And I'll unpack little bits that, that I think um, have, have spoke to me. There's, there is a lot in there that can be unpacked, but there's just certain bits that I thought with talking about persistent prayer that I should, I should really lean on instead. And it, it goes, And Elijah said to Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down on the ground and put his face in between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. And he went and looked. There is nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with the clouds and the wind rose. A heavy rain started falling and Ahab rolled off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah and tucking in his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. And the things that really stuck out to me in this is Elijah had said before even he'd even seen rain or anything, he said, go eat and drink for there is the sound of heavy rain. Elijah had already, had already knew that this was going to happen. He, he had so much faith in the Lord that rain was going to happen, he was, telling, I, he was seeing the supernatural before it even happened. Rain had not fell for three and a half years. But his confidence in God was so great that he'd, he'd already proclaimed something before it had even happened. My second point is, after he proclaimed the rain, um, Elijah went up Mount Carmel and he got down on his knees. And he lifted his hands to the Lord. Elijah went and got himself in correct posture to the Lord, ready and equipped to pray. Even though he knew that the rain was going to come, he still persisted in praying to the Lord for it. He did not stop until that prayer was answered. Hello. He says the seventh, he sent his servant seven times to go and check for rain. In the, new, uh, the NLT, it tells us he prayed seven times. So seven times is persistent in prayer. He did not stop because on the seventh time, the rain came. You know, Elijah knew what it was meant to, 
to, to keep on going. Just do not stop until the job is done. And like I say again, but Elijah knew that it was going to happen regardless. But he still prayed and prayed and prayed until the God shone the rain. And you know, they're the ones I'm going to mainly um, um, uh, use my points on because it is about being persistent in prayer with Elijah. And my first point is persistent prayer requires the right posture. Elijah took to his knees, lifted his arms to, to the Lord and prayed. Now posture in prayer just isn't about how we stand, how we walk, how we lift our hands up. It's about posture in our heart. It's about being right with God. It's about being in faith that when we come to prayer, that God will answer it. And that when we come to prayer, that it's not out of selfish ambition and just for us. It's, it, it's because it's what God wants. It's what God wants for us. It's what God wants to happen for, for everyone. You know, it has to be God-given. When we pray, it must come from a genuine, like I said, a genuine faith, which is what Elijah had. Elijah had that genuine faith. I would say again, he knew it was going to happen, but he still had to get down and be right before God before it happened and <clears throat> when I look back at my prayer posture sometimes last Monday um, we'd put Elijah not Elijah to bed we'd put Joshua to bed <laughs> and some days Joshua can be a tough cookie to crack when we put him to bed and he will scream the house down to the part where he loses breath and he, he, you have to go in and see to him which sometimes can make him even worse and we'd already been into once, and I was praying, Lord Jesus, just let the boy sleep. You know, this, this, that. But you know what? Just, just do it for us, Lord. You know, just sort it out. Give him peace. All this and all that. Nothing. So we went into him. We read him a story and put him down. It started again. And I was praying again, and nothing. I was thinking, why aren't you listening to me, Lord? So I walked downstairs and I went in to see my mother-in-law, Jackie. I said, Jackie, can you please play, pray that Joshua falls asleep? Jackie closed her eyes and went, dear Lord, I pray for Joshua in that silence. <laughs> I was like, what? Wow. I said, what? Well, I, I thanked Jackie and I walked away and I was thinking, what, what was wrong with my prayer? You know, I was praying hard. I was praying loud. I was praying for myself. I was praying because I just wanted to sit down and enjoy my dinner. I just wanted a bit of peace from a, from, a, from a tough day. You know, it was all about selfish ambition. It was all about me, 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 me. It was nothing about, you know, giving things to the Lord in, in true and true faith. It was just some guy wanted to happen in an instant. I was like, I just can't believe how silence and I, I realised that I'd come to Lord I had come to him in persistent prayer but my persistent prayer was from the, the wrong motives I, I had no posture from the heart or anything Elijah had that Elijah he, he got down on his knees and he prayed and he prayed wholeheartedly that the Lord would bring rain so that is my first point is persistent prayer requires the right posture Oh, yeah, sorry. Billy Graham says it's not 
The body's posture, but the attitude of the heart that comes when we pray. So as Elijah had the heart of prayer, it's where, it's where it comes from. You know, it's got to come from here, not just up here and, and for here. It has to come straight from the heart. And that's when God intervenes and answers that prayer. <clears throat> My second um, point today is persistent prayer requires perseverance. Elijah persevered in prayer. You can see, you can see that throughout his life. Um, but in this bit, he prayed seven times until the rain came. His servant came back and he said, go back again. There was no sign of rain. Go back again. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And on that seventh prayer, the rain came. And seven in the Bible means completion. You know, his prayer was complete. You know, he's... he's what he wanted had come into fruition. God had brought that into fruition in front of him and in front of the people that had fell away from the Lord. <clears throat> Perseverance isn't just for prayer though. We have to persevere through life in everything. We have to persevere in our spiritual walk. We have to persevere in the scriptures when we don't understand what they're trying to say to us. We have to keep on asking God to um, show us, you know, reveal to us what you want us to really. If we don't persevere and keep on asking, God ain't going to, the Holy Spirit ain't going to show us what we need to see. We need to persevere in our marriages when, when times are hard and we feel like, oh, I could, I could just walk away from this because is it really worth it? Yes, it's worth it because God has put us in that place. We have to persevere. I'm persevering in the moment because I, I feel like I, I, I'd put a bit, a bit of dad bod on um, and I was becoming a little bit body conscious about myself, especially when we're going on holiday in a couple of weeks and I don't want to be one of them dads that you see that can't run after the kids because they've, they, you know, just this and that and I was thinking to myself, right, I'm going to persevere in something. So I started going to the gym and I started a healthy eating re- regime. Um, but it's a mini change in my life that, uh, that is leading me to persevere in this. Although I'm not enjoying much of it because I'm missing out on all the, the goodness of life that I am used to and I, I really enjoy. Um, but it, it's perseverance. And God gives you that God-given inner, inner thing you know, to persevere with things like he gives us to persevere with prayer, like Elijah did. And when we persevere, things do come into fruition I'm not going to say I'm going to end up looking like Mr. Universe or something, but maybe I might feel a bit better in myself. But God wants us uh, to persevere. Uh, my third point is, persistent prayer requires praying for the supernatural. Every natural sign showed that every possible chance of rain was dead. Three and a half years was a long time. By, by then... Things would have been parched and dried up. The famine was severe. But Elijah spoke boldly in the fact that he heard the sound of rushing rain before rain had even fell. Elijah had already spoken to the supernatural. He'd already spoke that rain had fell, but it hadn't. He'd heard it, but it still hadn't yet fell. So it's about praying into the supernatural. <clears throat> When I was an, an alcoholic, homeless, as I put it, bum, it seemed I would, I would never change. 
Nothing would change me. God wouldn't change me. The fact that I lost everything wouldn't change me. Nothing would change me. But a couple of Christian, close Christian friends prayed into the supernatural. They prayed into the supernatural that God would, would change me. They prayed the fact that they already knew that God was going to change me. God had already spoke to them that they would change this man. So they prayed hard and hard. And they probably prayed more than seven times. But they prayed hard that God would change me. And just like Elijah, God answered their prayer. And as a testimony to their prayers, I'm, I'm here today proclaiming the name of Jesus, speaking the gospel of Jesus to the church I love. <clears throat> In James 5.17, it says, Elijah was a man with human frailties, just like us, but he prayed and received supernatural answers. I mean, I could pray in the supernatural that Manchester United win four cups this season. Um, I, think I'm, I don't think I'm going to be persistent in that because, you know, I know God can answer a lot of things, but I, I can't see God answering that in the supernatural, so I've got to leave that one behind me. Um, yeah, so just, just to recap, um, I don't ever, I might have gone too fast or not um, due to being too enthusiastic. I have missed a few bits out. But my points again are um, persistent prayer requires the right posture. It's not just how we stand, how we're perceived in church, waving our hands around. It's how we're perceived in here by God. It's how we're perceived by our faith and our faith that the Lord will fulfill our prayers. My second point was <clears throat> persistent prayer requires perseverance. It, we have to pray until the prayer is answered. You know, there's no point just praying once and then when the prayer doesn't get answered, give up on it. God wants us to keep on praying until it is answered. And my last point was, um, persistent prayer requires praying for the supernatural. Praying for the things that are not yet seen and also seems so far impossible. But as we know, nothing is impossible with God. And God will prevail over the supernatural. Because God is the supernatural God of, of us. <clears throat> um, I've got a bit of a challenge to us today. What are we? persistently praying for how are we persistently praying for these things are we not hearing answers from God um, are we not are we, as I put are we not coming from the, the right place of heart are we not in the right posture are we not praying for the supernatural so I encourage you today you know if your prayers ain't being answered start asking why start persevering in that prayer start praying from the right posture Start praying into the supernatural. You know, God is here. God will answer our prayers. I've been praying for my wife over the past couple of months as well. And praying for myself because, you know, we have, I wouldn't say we've been through a difficult time, but, you know, three kids under the age of four, one who's not sleeping at night, um, you know, is a, is a hard job. It's a hard job for Alison in the day then to look after three children. You know, it's a hard job for me to have, well, I have to go to work and then persevere in work to come home 
to the same. You know, it can have things. So I've been, I have been praying for that. And God said to me that you have to start praying more. Start praying more with your wife. And I thought, you're right, I don't pray anymore with my wife. I pray, with, I pray a lot myself. I pray every day. I pray on my way to work. I pray on my way home from work. I pray in work. I'm a, but I'm not praying with my wife. And when we started praying together, things started to feel easier. Although they weren't. There was a lot more peace upon us as a family, us as a marriage, and us as when we were apart. God made it easier for them days. And that, that is because of, we have been persistent in prayer. And that's, that's obviously what I've been speaking about today. Yeah, so, um, I, well, yeah, well, that's it. I was going to say I'm going to bring this into land, but I've already bought it into land. And then I was going to say, well, I'm going to bring it into land. I'm going to bring it into the station because I thought I'd be different than the other pastors. It sounded funny in the head when I'd written it. Um, obviously, God didn't want me to use it because I skipped straight past it. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm just going to pray. Um, yeah, Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord Jesus. And I just thank you for this great opportunity that I've been able to come and share with Life Church today, Lord. I pray for over each and every body. I pray for the church and everybody individually that are, that are persistent in prayer, Lord Jesus, that are, are coming to you and maybe, maybe not getting the answers that they're, they're asking. I pray for hearts to be softened into what this persistent prayer is and whether, whether we're praying in the right, the right manner or praying for the right things. I pray that um, your Holy Spirit will guide us in this, Lord Jesus, and you know that prayers will start to be answered if prayers need to be answered, Lord Jesus. You're a God of answering, you're a God of love, you're just a God who is a God, and we thank you for that. And I just pray that in your mighty name. Amen. Thank you. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarrington.com.